0: Hi there. Thanks for tuning into our latest episode of Exit This Way. We're so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Mike Desiato. This podcast series is dedicated to helping you, the business owner, successfully exit your business. Join me as I chat with top industry experts and advisors to provide you with the knowledge and tools to become exit ready. So our topic today centers around whether your business, and for those advisors who are listening, your clients' businesses, are set up to run easier, grow profits, and build transferable value, which is really the ultimate measure of business success. My guest today is George Sandman. George is the founder and CEO of Growth Drive. Growth Drive is a technology-based system for helping business owners grow profits and transferable value, which is the ultimate measure of business success. Growth Drive has close to 100 advisors, and I'm proud to say that I am one of them. George is very busy, but he's the author of a new book called The Growth Driving Advisor, Proving Strategies for Leading Businesses from Stuck to Best in Class, and that's about to be released by Forbes in September of this year. So congratulations on the book, George. I know that was a labor of love.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike.
0: And George is joining us today from his offices in Charleston, South Carolina. And again, George, thanks for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join me today.
1: My pleasure. I'm psyched to be here.
0: So as I tell my clients and professional colleagues all the time, exit planning is not something you start to think about one year away from leaving your business. Oftentimes when I mention exit planning to a business owner, they tell me that they're not ready to exit yet and they're not really ready to start planning. I can tell you that this approach is wrong and I hate to use such a strong term, but it is wrong. I want to remind everyone listening, owners and advisors as well, that a successful exit from a business is the culmination of your business's strategic business plan. And it must be worked on every day as the business is being run. I believe that exit planning is nothing more than good business planning. The ultimate goal of that planning is to build Predictable equity value or transferable value. And that's a value that a buyer is willing to pay for. To build this predictable equity or transferable value, the business owner has to focus on building predictable profits and cash flow as well as predictable growth in their revenues. And in Growth Drive, we call these three goals the three dimensions of business growth. So George, hopefully I did some justice to introducing this concept of the three dimensions. Absolutely. But I want you to yeah. spend a little bit of time talking to our listeners about what these three dimensions of business growth are and why they're important.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mike. And it's a real pleasure to be here. It's fun working with you in the community. And I'm thrilled to be here today. So let's talk about the three dimensions of business growth. If you look out at the world and you look at the different business operating systems methodologies, due diligence checklists, all these different ways of looking at and running a business and judging how a business is run, they miss a central point. And the central point is that we need to prioritize and we need to have a way to prioritize our work inside a business so that when you sit down with a client and they say, hey, I want to grow my business, where do we need to start first? And it helps to lead the conversation. I've worked for over a decade with well over a thousand advisors, senior professionals from a variety of different professions, M&A bankers, CPAs, fractional CFOs, exit planners, management consultants, business coaches. And we've worked on thousands and thousands of cases. What became very clear to me is that there are a lot of levers we can pull inside the business, but we really need a standardized way to prioritize them. So how do we do that? Well, the three dimensions of business growth tells us that there's nothing that I'm about to say that's shocking, surprising, or revolutionary, except for the way we standardize working with the business. So three dimensions, creating predictable profits and cash flow. And I say profits and cash flow because so often cash is caught in the balance sheet and how many business owners really look at their balance sheet. We then have the cash we need. Growth is expensive. So let's focus on that first. And when we have the cash, let's then invest in growth. And let's help our client place educated bets so that they're not laying awake at night or drinking mailox by the leader as they're growing the business. How do we create sustainable, non-chaotic growth? All the while doing the things, building the muscle strength it'll take for that marathon. And the marathon is transferring a business from an illiquid asset and recapitalizing it into personal wealth. Generally speaking, but approaching one of the six different ways to exit your business to transfer in a way that is going to work for the owner and work for their stakeholders. I could go on about that topic for a while, but really let's create predictable cash flow, invest in growth, all the while making the purposeful connection between revenues and equity value. And it is not automatic.
0: Right. And I know that in Growth Drive, we've talked about the three top CEO goals, and you may want to review them a little bit with us. You know, their three top CEO goals and how they are accomplished by focusing on the three dimensions of business growth.
1: Perfect. You know, Mike, it's funny. That is exactly what inspired the development of the three dimensions of business growth. So what do we know? I ran a software company that did analyses of over 50,000 businesses using this software. And what came out of that data? These are analysis run by business advisors with their clients. We know that 62% of CEOs want to grow their business. When they say grow, they mean profits. 21% want operational freedom. They want to make their business easier to run. They want to improve their work-life balance. And then 17% are preparing to sell. Of that 17%, our friends at the International Exit Planning Association tell us they have the data that 83% don't have the value they need to fund their long-term wealth plan. So how do we sit down with a CEO and put down a design a strategic plan that is going to align with their specific goal? And if they want to make the business easier to run, that is predictable profits and cash flow. If they want to grow, then we would layer on predictable, sustainable growth. And if they're thinking about transfer, and you made an outstanding point earlier, we don't start businesses to have a job. We start businesses to have an asset. And the earlier you start working on the health and value and transferability of that asset, increase its value capacity, the better. The happier you will be, the less heartache there will be at a deal table if and when the deal table is the way they decide to go. Right.
0: And we've talked about this at at Growth Drive, where by working on these three dimensions, and there's eight objectives to each dimension. So there's 24 different growth driving objectives that one can work on. But by working on them, the impact on value is exponential. So let's go back and talk about how a business is valued before we get into this. A business is valued simply by taking its normalized adjusted EBITDA and multiplying it by a multiple that's applicable to that particular industry. It's simple math. Multiply your normalized EBITDA by a multiple. By working on these 24 dimensions of business value, what we are doing is we're increasing our normalized EBITDA or our profits, but we're also working more importantly on moving the needle on that multiple so the example that we've used where you take a business that is operating in a industry where the multiples can be anywhere from two to six and let's assume that their EBITDA today is 1.7 million dollars but their multiple today is at a two then their value today is really 3.4 million dollars but by working through these three dimensions of business value and working on the 24 objectives of these dimensions, we not only can double profits in five years. So we go from $1.7 to $3.4 million in profits. But by raising that multiple from a two to a six, now we're looking at a business that's worth in excess of $20 million. So you can yes. see that doing these things has An exponential impact on the value of your business. So you want to, I think I've articulated that correctly, but if you want to jump in and add, but I think that's the value of doing this stuff. It does have a real big impact on the value of your business, on the transferable value of your business.
1: Absolutely, Mike. You know, and I'm working on a white paper on the subject right now. So it's in the book and I, I'm working on a, a fairly technical white paper that goes exactly to this point. So let's imagine your typical company. You walk in, it's a successful business. The business owner is making a very good living. They're paying their people well. They're growing at a steady pace. Life is good. And this is a business. You walk in there and it has a hum and it has a buzz. And the way we talk about that inside Growth Drive is that that business is executing good growth capacity. And that business maybe is generating that 1.7 and can get to 3.4. You know, it has the bones to get there. And if it doesn't, we can help them true up where they need. But what they may not have and what they more often than not do not have is value capacity. They do not have the, the ability to give confidence. Now let's just restrict this conversation here for a moment, if we might, to an M&A transaction, right? To accessing the private capital markets. If you do not have what it takes, the documents, the processes, the people, the lack of risk that will allow you to create high confidence maximized confidence in a buyer then you cannot expect the buyer to give you a maximized payment so while we're building this business while we're executing growth we also need to be executing a plan that is going to make that link to value and it's not magic this is what you just described and you described it very accurately and what you are doing with your clients mike is helping them understand that they only need to double sales but if they work on their multiple then they are going to exponentially increase the value of the business. You know, nobody cries over $3.4 million, but $20 million is multi-generational wealth. This is the same company. And we can take one step further. How come two businesses with the same revenues in, in the same industries, one sells easily and at a high multiple and one can't sell at all? And we need to answer the question as to why one can't approach the markets at all. And what's important, and you teased it earlier, most clients are going along, They're that company that we just described, right? They have a company that is generating cash, that is growing, that is running well, that's not giving them heartache at night. And they think that therefore they have a business that's attractive and they may, but in all likelihood, 19 out of 20 times, they don't. Right. So George, I I want to turn a little bit and talk a little bit about your book
0: soon to be released. You talk about private middle market businesses being the engine of our economy, providing 44% of our jobs, 63% of new jobs, and contributing close to one-third of our GDP. And most of these businesses are owned by baby boomers who are about to retire in droves over the next 10 years. Add to this the fact that most middle market companies are highly owner-dependent, meaning that they cannot survive without the owner. So they haven't really adopted any best-in-class or any of the principles of best-in-class companies or competitors. So, George, can you talk to us a little bit about what the implications are for that? What does it mean to the business owners and the advisors who are listening in today?
1: Sure. A lot has been said about the $10 trillion opportunity. There is a tremendous opportunity out in the market. And when we talk about the $10 trillion opportunity, that is actually an opportunity for the heart of our economy. Middle market businesses and pre-middle market businesses are the engines for the pursuit of happiness. And the the sort of the shocking revelation and something we need our, to educate our clients about is that they need to make their business immortal. And what do I mean by that? What we describe in the book is that we need to help the business owner understand that their business has to be better after they leave if they want to monetize the value of the business or give it to the next generation. The business still has to be better after they leave than it is with them today. I sometimes feel like I'm on a one-man crusade, but this has a tremendous opportunity and threat for our national economy. We're talking about a part of our economy that is bigger than the combined total economies of Germany and Japan, okay? This is big, and we have a fiduciary responsibility, I think, small f fiduciary, to prevent this tsunami from coming ashore. And it is not impossible to do. There's plenty of expertise out there. The tools exist. What the missing link here is educating clients that might not be as good, that they might need some help. They at least should be asking themselves some questions. I'm a very positive guy. I always think in terms of positivity, it's, a, hey, you know, do, what do you have to lose? Find out if your business has high strategic capacity. Find out wh- where you are at a minimum. It's like going for your annual checkup. Figure out where you are and then you can decide what you want to do about it. You and your colleagues are out doing that every day. And to the extent that we can expand this conversation and honestly make it a national conversation, the better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the baby boomer business market is really crying out for help and it's our duty. And I wouldn't use the word, you use fiduciary, but I guess that's small laugh i'm
1: okay it gives people hives when yeah, it feels like a higher
0: <laughs> standard to aspire to but we do have an obligation to our clients to make sure that they understand and, and and are educated on this issue so let's talk a little bit here about some of the tools that we use in growth drive I know there's clarity. Clarity one is clarity two. Those are two tools that we use. Can you talk a little bit about what that does? And also, I know that there are folks who can go around and they get designations and they talk a little bit about exit planning and why it's important. And they talk about businesses' value drivers and how it's important to work on your value drivers. But what we do is not only do we recommend and we talk about these value drivers and these levers, but we also help people make the necessary changes to really put them in motion.
1: Absolutely, Mike. And what we do, what is unique is we have, you mentioned them, 24 growth driving objectives, plus a bonus, which is time to market. Guys, time to market makes an immense difference, but we have these 24 growth driving objectives and we make them actionable. We identify what are the key results that need to be in place. Think of those as the levers that we can pull to grow profits and to grow value, and then how do we prioritize that work and really importantly, help our client understand the importance and create personal and team accountability to making these changes. And I could not be more excited about what we're doing and what these tools, like Clarity, the software representation of the methodology that is described in my book. It is delivering results right now. And it's you who are doing all the good work, right? What you guys are doing out in the market to win engagements, educate your clients, help them plan in the right direction, and then leading the execution so that the team learns the things they need to do to turn a plan into reality. If we don't turn the plan into the reality, what is it? It's a shimmer and we can prevent a lot of heartache. In fact, let's face it, we're involved in work that although is very good for us and our families as advisors, delivers a 10, 20. I was on the phone with a gentleman this morning who's delivering a 30X return. 30 times his fee is being delivered, documented, proven right now. And that is, if it's good for us, it is great for our clients. There's a lot of fun to be had and a lot of good to be done. Yes, I agree 100%. And I also would
0: emphasize and agree with you that the real... Critical thing here is the execution piece, execution and accountability, because without that, there are simply just recommendations. And sometimes, and I've seen it, we've all seen it, recommendations sometimes just get put into a, a file cabinet. And we have yeah. to make sure as responsible professional advisors that we help clients recognize, but also implement what they need to be doing. Well, George, this has been really exciting. I I always look forward to speaking to you about it. And to the advisors, this is kind of a call of action, my call to action for the business owners and the advisors out there listening today. Your business owner clients need your help, okay? They need outside professional advisors to help them. And the data, as you point out, George, is clear. Businesses that get outside help are most likely to evolve into best-in-class companies, generating more cash- and more wealth for their owners. And I I always remind my colleagues in the exit planning field to remember that exit planning is a team sport. No one of us, no one advisor has all the answers, but every advisor does have a role to play. The key for us as exit planning advisors is to be willing to step out of our silos and be willing to collaborate with other advisors to work with our business owner clients to tackle what I always call one of the most significant financial event of their lives, which is the successful exit and transition from their companies with the amount of money and wealth they need to start the next chapter of their lives.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. And your perspective is why it is such a pleasure to work with you inside the Growth Drive community, which is open to all, where we collaborate across professional lines to the benefit of our clients. Listen, there are a lot of wealth advisors out there who are diligent, who are trained, and who are having the exit planning conversation with their clients. And to them, I know that they have compliance issues with actually writing and doing the plan. I would ask them to please consider whether they should bring in a professional who understands this language and who has this type of training, whether you're using a growth driver or not, Bring in someone who doesn't just say they know what to do, but who has a proven methodology for getting your client where they need to be. If you want to be relevant at the deal table, if you want your client's largest asset to become assets under management, then You should consider at least having that conversation. Again, what do you have to lose? That's great, George. We all need to step out of our
0: silos and be willing to collaborate because no one has all the answers. And that's been the message I've been trying to impart with the Exit Planning Institute chapter up here is kind of what we're all about. We need to be doing this. There's a great need in the market for it. And it's all about collaboration. The wealth managers, as you point out, they have to be sitting at the table with us. You pointed it out quite nicely that you know if they want that client's business to translate into assets under management, they need to remain relevant throughout the process. And partnering with someone who could help that client monetize that business is
1: a recipe for success for them. Absolutely, which is why we beat the gong. They're not referrals. They're collaboration be at the table. You may not have much to say at the table, but be at the Correct. table and be part of the process.
0: Yeah. Well, again, thank you very much. And thank you for taking time. I know you're very busy because you're always doing something when I try to reach out to you. Always good stuff, <laughs> always creating something, always modifying something. Also, congratulations again on your soon to be released book.
1: Listen, Mike, thank you very much for having me. That was fun. It's a pleasure. And I'm looking forward to all the great things that we are going to be doing.
0: Thanks again for tuning into our latest episode of Exit This Way. We hope this conversation has inspired you to start reflecting on your own business journey and the importance of planning for your eventual exit. Hey, do us a quick favor if you can. Please make sure you press subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so you'll be reminded when we're back next month Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, we would truly appreciate your support. Please leave us a five-star review so more people can discover us and feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues who may benefit from the insights shared here. Until then, take care and exit this way.